Well, hello, my friends, and welcome to the worldwide broadcast of the Ted and Austin Brower Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. I hope you all are having an absolutely terrific day today. And as more and more stuff is starting to occur, some very strange anomalies are starting to happen right now as more people wake up and more truth gets exposed. And I think more factors are being played in now with a lot of the banker boy globalists that are trying to run the show from behind the scenes and act like they don't do anything when they're the ones that are controlling the strings as pretty much i'm assuming majority of people have already seen now as of yesterday england did a complete and total 180 on pretty much all covid everything um, if you saw Boris Johnson got up in front of Parliament and they basically are now saying that COVID passes and vaccine mandates are now going to be completely eliminated. All mask mandates are going to be dropped. Requirements of school pupils to wear masks during class and during school will be dropped from all national guidance. The U.K. government is no longer going to require people to work from home at all. The COVID injection passport mandate for nightclubs and large events will not be renewed it will be expiring basically this week and what's very strange about this is they're now even saying the requirement to self-isolate that ends in march will no longer be renewed either meaning as of march in england if you test positive for covid you don't even have to isolate you just basically it's recommended you stay home i guess and recover other than that uh yeah do your thing no no worries about it and dan and i were talking about this earlier because this is very strange and they're obviously this is total speculation on what we're trying to figure out right now as this doesn't make any sense from the agendas being pushed however we have seen that england has had a very very enormous vaccination rate and the large percentage of the populace has been ejected over there. And you've seen the protest. I mean, millions of people protesting up to Parliament, millions of people voicing their opinions, saying no more, that we're not going to deal with these mandates. And from what I've pretty much read now, it's got a lot of individuals scared. And you saw Boris Johnson had the 200 million vote, um, I guess, uh, ballot or whatever they passed to pretty much throw him out if this stuff doesn't stop. And what's interesting, this may be occurring. I don't know if this is going to start happening all over the country, and there's obviously something more nefarious behind the scenes. This is not something that just happened organically. They decided to drop the mandates. But obviously, as majority of you know, the entire COVID narrative has completely collapsed. I mean, from the numbers that we've seen from happening here in the U.S., from the absolute stupidity spike we've seen from all the testing, which has only increased numbers on paper, has not massively infested hospitals with COVID patients, and the fact that the vast majority of people now are seeing 50 to 60, in some cases 70% of the hospitals that are seeing COVID patients have all been fully injected with the jab. Obviously, the narrative is no longer working. And so what's happening in England? I'm not 100% sure. Could the algorithms be showing that they're about to have basically a massive, massive result? Remember, all this stuff is based on algorithms. We've talked about it before. They monitor everything digitally, phone calls, text messages, tweets, online activity, social basically social media, Google searches, any search engines, period, what people do on their Skype, what people do on their Zoom, all this stuff is 100% monitored and data organized, and there's algorithms done. Is it possible that they may now have run the algorithm and it shows that there is a very, very high level of statistical probability that there's about to be a full revolt in England, and they don't want to do that just yet? 
that the vast majority of people have been injected and there are enough people injected, you know, in the control group now they have is enough sufficient as far as people that haven't been injected? I don't know. I'm just looking at what's going on right now. And again, am I happy this is going on? Absolutely. Am I excited to think that maybe there's a semblance of people pushing back enough that it's making a difference? Oh, yeah, absolutely. That England's getting spooked over there. Do I think we're going to have this kind of pushback in the United States? I don't know. I've been quite embarrassed with the general populace lately. Just to be honest with you, in the United States has been quite pathetic and pitiful how many people are still going along with the nonsense all over the country. But as we're seeing this right now, this is definitely a positive move in the right direction. Is it going to stick? I don't know. But one thing we need to do is we need to be promoting, supporting, and now calling and demanding that all these absolutely asinine mandates are completely and totally revoked and that we have our rights respected. Because as I've told you before, it doesn't matter what right you think you have, what right you say you have. If you don't enforce that right to be respected, you don't have that right. It does not exist. So again, in England – Happy this is happening, but again, we're definitely going to have to watch and see what other nefarious plan may be behind the scenes. What do you think that about all the stuff that's going on right now? All of a sudden, out of nowhere, this 180 occurring in England, which has been overwhelmingly restrictive for the last two years. My contact in England, I have a lady that I know over there. I've known her for about 25 years. Uh, she said that the compliance rate in England is absolutely atrocious as far as the masks, et cetera, and they have very little enforcement of those particular you know, draconian measures in England and that the vast majority of the population there has already been injected. And she told me basically they were having literally millions of people in protests on an ongoing basis there. And so I think you're right, Austin. I think it's the algorithms. I think the algorithms are showing that, you know, people have had enough and they're basically saying that we're not going to, you know, put up with this anymore and we've had enough of it. And I, and I think that's what's going on. I think that the people in England have finally pushed it far enough past the point where the people who are running England, the, the cops and the police and the military and the queen, if you can think that blood drinking wench is anything good, if you can think of anything else over there that's basically happening you got to realize that it's all being based upon statistical analysis and they realize that if they're going to hold on to the population that they have and continue to have them work and be productive they've got to cut back on some of these draconian measures i guess or it could be they've already figured they've injected enough of them and they're going to have enough people die now because of the injections and so they don't have to push the mandates any longer that could be another one in other words, we're trying to mitigate population reduction by basically saying, okay, enough people basically are going to check out. We're not going to have that many people being productive slaves and servants and peasants anymore. So we've got to stop injecting our own people to kill more. That could be another one. Uh, it could just be that, you know, the media over there, the alt media is getting stronger and stronger and the people are starting to wake up. Because remember, once you get a tipping point of about 10%, it doesn't take, you know, 95% to get a tipping point. About 10% of the people to finally jump up and say, good nook, I've had enough. That's the German word for enough. I'm not going to put up with this anymore. I've had enough of this. And they start getting real vocal about it. Things start changing. It's like a few weeks ago when Austin and I had to go to the hospital in, in Orlando. And we basically, we, we did, we, we pitched a fit. And I can't even pretend like we did. And they actually, it was so bad, they threw us in the hallway. And I went and got chairs and made us sit in the hallway while his arm was being set in a cast because we refused to wear the masks. Well, if enough people start doing that, it becomes so disruptive that they can't continue with the civilized society. 
This is the same thing that we talked about the other day. If enough people said, no, I'm not going to let you x-ray me to get on an airplane, they would have realized that there's no way that enough people were going to say yes to a mask. But everything's based on algorithms. And remember, too, what Donald Trump did last year. When he called everybody to D.C., Donald Trump called everyone to D.C. to protest the January 6th certification of Biden's election because it was a fraud. And then Trump basically got the entire group of patriots that were the movers and the shakers that he knew that he influenced to come to D.C. And when they got up there, they got biatch slapped and they got locked up and they got put in jail. And the FBI went in there basically and it got people to push them and push them, you know, get, get them active and get them and go inside the Capitol building, et cetera, et cetera, until now the entire movement that we had that went to January the 6th is like – Whoa, I'm glad I didn't get arrested. I'm glad I didn't go to jail. Obviously, that wasn't something we needed to do. And obviously, that wasn't something that Trump was going to support. And again, he didn't, he didn't pardon anybody. If he had pardoned every single person who had gone up there involved in that, who had been arrested, you know, for even thinking about doing anything, then what would have happened is we would have had more galvanization of the movement of Make America Great Again. We would have because people have said, hey, we got a president that if we do what we're supposed to do, he's going to stand up for us and he's going to pardon us and we're not going to get sucked into the cogs of the doggone litigation of the court system and the judicial misconduct in the United States. We're going to continue to support this movement. He didn't do that. It was a great psyop. I mean, it was great. I mean, I got to give him that. Donald Trump is a figurehead for the Kabbalist, Luciferian, banker sect that run the planet, period. That's all he is. He's a very amoral man. He goes after other men's wives all the time, and he basically is not who you thought he was, not who we thought he was. He's worse, much, much worse being such good friends with Jeffrey Epstein. And so we've got a guy who people have put up on a pedestal because he was, quote, unquote, you know, on The Apprentice for 14, 15 seasons, and we really thought he could run the country, and he can't. He's an actor on a stage. He's a clown in a hat with a fake nose. I mean, he's just a joke, and that's what Donald Trump is. Now, Donald Trump, the polls are showing that he's getting blowback, I mean, hard blowback, because he's been slamming DeSantis. Now he's saying, oh, I've got a great relationship with DeSantis. Are you, are you kidding me? No, I'm, I'm not. He goes, hey, here's this is an article from the Daily Mail this morning. I have a very good relationship with DeSantis. Trump denies bitter rift after it was claimed he is furious with the Florida governor for not bending the knee and supporting his possible 2024 bid. Well, he doesn't have a good relationship with DeSantis. The, the polls were showing that Trump was losing support from Florida. That's what this is. The Floridians love Ron DeSantis. And for Donald Trump to start slamming Ron DeSantis, he sees in the algorithms and the pollsters, they look at Trump. You need to shut up about DeSantis. DeSantis has like, you know, unilateral support to the entire South, Southern United States. Everybody loves the guy because he made Florida free. So shut up, Trump. Remember? I remember I had a, a pastor who used to be a friend of mine, not anymore. I had enough of him. He was too, he was too two-faced. And I don't, and by, by the way, I'm going to say this very directly with you guys. I love you guys. I do. But I can't stand two-faced people. I can't. I can't stand them. You know, you can't say one thing and then say something else and then say something else and go back and forth. You got to be consistent in your beliefs. You got to believe, if you believe that you're, if you believe you're a patriot, you say you're a patriot, you got to act like a patriot. And this pastor had gone up and seen Trump and was in the Oval Office with another group of pastors. 
And all of a sudden, it was that Trump could do no wrong. It didn't matter what Trump did with red flag gun laws. It didn't make one bit of difference what Trump did with saying he wanted to be the most gay administration, pro-openly supporting gay administration in the White House. It didn't make anything difference. Anything Trump did, this pastor would not call him out for it. So finally, I said something to the pastor about it. I mean, I just I straight called the pastor out. I said, "What's wrong with you? Why are you doing this? You know he's pushing red flag gun laws. Well, we've got to support him." I said, "No, we don't. No, we don't have to support him." I got into a big conflict with this pastor guy because I don't put up with it. This is the same pastor who will bring noted people on his show and do things with him and on the platform that are really compromised because he's trying to, how should I say, talk out of both sides of his mouth all the time. And I can't stand that. I really can't. So you guys will know that from me. You guys who know me personally, you know I'm like that. There's a certain point, I guess it's my tipping point. When I try to help people to see what's going on, and I give them a plethora of information on what's going on so they can see it, and they don't want to see it because they have their own biases, their own prejudices, their own ignorance, or their own lack of understanding, or whatever you want to call it, I finally say, okay, fine, you go down your life, you do your own thing, I'll do my own thing. And see, that's the way we should all be, isn't it? That, you know, once we understand that a certain person isn't doing what they say they're going to do, you know, I was told a long time ago, back in the 80s, that your walk talks a lot louder than your talk talks. That's how I look at it. So, guys, we all have to be that way. When you, we see something that ain't right, we got to call it out. We really do. If we see anybody that's in a leadership position doing something that they shouldn't do, then, you know, the Bible says no appearance of evil. No appearance of evil. And that pastor said to me, well, we didn't elect the state. We elected the president. I'm like, wait a minute. What are you talking about? You know, you, you, this guy was going after everybody's wife he could find. Yeah, that, that's just not okay. And once we started finding that stuff out about Trump, we had to step away from him. We did. And now he was hammering, hammering, hammering his senses. I mean, badly. And now it says, oh, I have a very good relationship with the man. No, the algorithm test point data points are saying, hey, it's not okay for you to be doing this. Hey, it's not okay. You're losing support. You know, look, look what's going on right now. You know, the, the Cabela, another article here says she snaps at Savannah Guthrie and suggests midterms will now be unfair after failing to get voting rights bill over line in round of car crash morning show interviews. In other words, she, the, the, the jackal, Jack, yeah, I'm not going to say it, this, this, this insanely hyena, that's the, this, this whore, I'll say that, the whore who's vice president who slept her way to the top, okay, she got on these interviews and she couldn't control herself because they can't get people to go in and vote now in these different states to get this bill passed to force the states to allow everybody to vote who doesn't have an ID. No ID, no citizenship record, and they can go to multiple precincts and vote over and over and over and over again, and they couldn't get it passed. Nick Saban, the coach of, you know, of Alabama, Crimson Tide came out in favor of this voting rights bill of having this no ID. Of course, everybody knows pretty much that Nick Saban's a 33-degree Mason. <laughs> I never said that on the show, did I? Everybody knows he's, he's, he's probably a Kabbalist. Why do you think they give these people these high levels of position and these high levels? Well, he's a really good coach. I didn't say he wasn't a good coach. He's a really good coach. But something else is going on. Something else is going on. You say, well, well, Georgia beat them in the national championship this time. That's right, because they've got to play the game, don't they? They've got to play the game and make it go back and forth, back and forth, back and 
forth, back and forth, so they can maintain the audience. If everybody realized that the highest college games were rigged and the highest NFL games were rigged, like I realize, like I've seen personally, like I've spoken to NFL players personally about this, then it would all go away. Remember, the NFL is not registered as a sport. It's registered as entertainment. It's professional wrestling is what it is. That's all it is. You know, I remember years ago, I was a kid, I was like 13 years old, and, you know, I went to see, you know, a, a wrestling match in Winter Haven at, the, at this big orange dome they used to have over there. And I remember the Baron Hans Mortier was wrestling. And I was like 13, 14 years old, and, and we went over there, and I was all wrapped up in the wrestling match because I thought it was real. Well, yeah, when I was a child, I thought like a child. When I became an adult, I became an adult, and I realized that I left these foolish things behind me like the Bible says to do. And I, then I finally realized that wrestling is fake, the NFL is fake, and, and the NFL allows satanic halftime ceremonies to occur. Listen to me, friends. You're a Christian. If you're listening to the show, chances are. Do you really want to support NFL football when they bring satanic imagery to your TV set into your home through halftime presentations? If nothing else would convince you that they're completely compolous, luciferian controlled – that should. And at that point, you should say, I'm done. I've had enough. I'm not going to be involved in this. I'm not going to watch this. I'm not going to support this. Because remember, when you support a show, a TV show, and you have cable, you have a box in your house that tells the people who are basically selling you the cable what you're watching all of the time. You're being monitored. And what they do is they determine their advertising revenue based upon percentage of households, the number of households that are watching a particular event in, 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 you know, in the United States. That's how they determine ad revenue. So when you support the NFL by watching their programming, okay, then what you do is you support the ad revenue they generate. If you absolutely have to watch the NFL because you can't control yourself, get an antenna. Get an antenna. I think you can still buy them. They're like antiquated technology. I've got one on my house for the last 30 years. It still works. And if I wanted to watch something, I could watch it on an antenna, and there's no way they can monitor if you're watching it or not. But I'm not even recommending that. I'm just recommending you don't watch it. How about that? And just stay away from all of this garbage. You know, I mean, you know, I'm posting an article right now. It's a video on YouTube, and you need to watch it. And it says, I sold my soul to the devil, featuring Bob Dylan. And it's a really interesting article. It's a really interesting video that I'm posting. I want you to watch it. Okay. And it was sent to me by Terrence this morning. And what it is, it has interviews in there of Bob Dylan, Bob Dylan talking about how he sold his soul, you know, to the, well, you'll, you want you to watch it. And guys, listen to me. This is Hollywood. This is the Kabbalah way. This is what they're doing. They're not done with this planet. They've been yoking this chain for the last three, 4,000 years. They're down here for one reason, to come rob, kill, steal, and destroy what God created. Don't support their institutions. Don't do it. I mean, if, if you've got a pharmacy that won't fill your prescription for ivermectin, don't ever use that store again. Don't ever use that pharmacy again. Just say, you know what? I'm never coming here again. I'm never using you again. I'm done. Learn that. Support the organizations that support freedom. And, and that's why I want to thank you again for supporting Health Masters. Yeah, I, that's why I always bring this up. When you buy your supplements from us or your multiple vitamins from us or your deodorant from us or whatever you're using, your toothpaste from us, it makes all the difference in the world in the support of this show. I don't get on the show and beg you guys to give me money and do money bombs. I don't do stuff like that. 
We're big enough we could do that. I wouldn't do that. The way I look at it is the worker is worth his wages. And if you like the show and you enjoy the show and you support the show, thank you. And even if you don't, I'm still going to pray for you because you listen to the show. Because I appreciate you guys. But who else are you going to hear stuff like this from that we talk about every single day? I mean, I haven't heard from anyone. So I told that to Austin yesterday. I haven't heard from any other shows that talk about this stuff. Not the stuff that we go into detail with ancient Canaanite religions. No, it's too, the stuff we talk about is too esoteric. It's too hidden. It's too, it's too, it's too many of, too much of the mystery school stuff that we expose to show you guys who's really running the planet. And that's why we're here. That's why, you know, when State Street and Vanguard and BlackRock, which are owned by the bloodline families and the international banking cartels, when they come in, they start owning corporations like General Motors. If they want to shut down production, they can do it. Or Ford, they can do it. Or Chrysler, they can do it. And they can limit production, they can do it. Because they control the board, they control the voting, they control everything. I've got my friends from the local Chevy dealership. They, they're beside themselves trying to figure out how to get inventory now. And it's, there's nothing, there's no chip shortage. That's a lie. That's the lie they fed to the general population in order to reduce the amount of cars being produced. It's like Austin said a few months ago, they want to go to their electric vehicles. That's the big goal here. They want to go to their electric vehicles, and they're not even thinking about what's going to happen to the electrical grid. And it's going to be so profitable for these guys to do this from charging these cars on the electrical grid that you won't even imagine how profitable it's going to be. And they know that, and they know that the repairs and everything else are going to be profitable, and they know the control of the people driving those cars is going to be just absolutely absolute. And they understand that. That's why they're pushing it and pushing it and pushing it. And they want to slow down the economic world engine. And remember, as it goes from General Motors and as it goes from Ford Motor Company, as it goes to the United States, they're shutting down the cogs, but they're having a really hard time doing it because these big car dealerships are selling used cars at the highest rates they've ever done, making more money, etc. But remember, and I talked about this as the multiplier effect last year when they started shutting everybody down. General Motors has tens of thousands of suppliers, literally tens of thousands, that supply ashtrays, you know, body panels, bolts, nuts, wires, connectors, all that stuff. All those people are being affected because the new car industry is starting to collapse in the United States. And because of that, it's shutting down the economic world engine multiplier effect. That was their goal. But who runs – Who? 95% of the stock market now is owned by State Street, BlackRock, and Vanguard and the bloodline families like, such as the Sassus and the Rothschilds. This is the group that runs the planet. And when you get it and you see it, you're like, wow, I can't unsee that now. Wow. What do you think, Austin? Oh, you, oh you're exactly right. I mean, and this is where it's starting to go. And it's funny. I talked to a guy the other day who's an officer in the National Guard. He's um, – his wife is real good friends with Lana, and they do a lot of the homeschool stuff together. So I was, we were having a birthday party, and I talked to him for about 20 minutes. And we were kind of discussing some stuff on the current affairs of the United States and what was going on. And I mean, and he's fully awake. And we got on that topic as far as with the EV vehicles, because he said he's been seeing all these shortages as well. And I told him, I said, this is the same thing I've pretty much had. I said, why do you think they can't get all these diesels? And he said, oh, we all know why. He said they're not producing them on purpose because they're getting ready to roll out the more electric vehicles. He goes, awesome. They got the electric F-150 coming out. They got the electric Chevy 1500 coming out. They got all these electric Hummers coming out now. He goes, isn't it funny that they don't have any of the hybrid technology coming out? I said, thank you. I said, this is what I've been yelling about. I said, why are we going to a platform that has no significant backing on our electrical grid? Why are we telling everybody they have to switch over to EV vehicles within five to ten years 
when we don't even have the capacity to charge all these vehicles at one time. I mean, just last summer, remember when they put the memo out in L.A.? Oh, by the way, if you could do us a favor, we know there's only like 10 to 15 percent of the cars on the road are electric vehicles in L.A. But if you could do us a favor, uh, don't charge your cars at peak charging hours because the the grid's completely overloaded during the summer because it's really hot. They might forget that, but me, it's like 10 to 15 percent of the cars are EV in L.A. That's it, 10 to 15 percent. And they asked people to not charge them during peak hours because it was overloading the grid. 10 to 15 percent of the vehicles and they want to have this comical idea and tell everybody we need to go to EV. Why aren't they producing more efficient hybrids? I love hybrid technology. I love what Porsche did with the 918 Spider hybrid technology. That is incredible technology. The ability to take a high-performance motor and couple that motor with an electric motor and be able to charge your electric motor and be able to have full race car capacity back and forth with extra boosting with the electric motor, and the motor charges the electric batteries, and it goes back and forth, and the braking charges the electric batteries. Everything is designed to work together. Now, again, that car is extreme technology at a very, very high price that not an iron very many people can afford, but obviously that technology is there, and obviously it's very efficient as we've seen it now with other vehicles like the Prius. Now, I'm not a big fan of the Prius just because I think they could come out with better performance with that technology. Clearly, they can. But why aren't we having stuff come out that, you know, say a two-liter four-cylinder with a high you know, high input turbocharger on it that basically does, you know, significant amount of power and then coupling it with hybrid technology like they did with the BMW i8 and building that technology and making it stronger, having the ability to charge the car if you want, but also having the ability to run it off fuel, considering that both of them are a viable option right now if you have the ability to do so. Why are we simply saying, no, we're scrapping all, basically all internal combustion engines, everything has to go electric? It's very, very clear. They want to have a complete and totally electronically controlled platform. They do not want you having the ability to fill up your car and drive all the way across the country because that's what you can do with hybrid. If you have a correct built hybrid system, you don't even really have to stop much except to get a little bit of fuel, but you get like 70, 80 miles a gallon. Ability and your reliance on fuel and electricity are very minimal because the car is almost self-sufficient. Then if you really want to take it a step forward, you do what basically Hummer did, what, uh, what Tesla did, and you start putting solar panels on the roof. There's all types of viable technology, but they're saying, no, nothing. Full EV, that's the only option we're going with now. If anybody can't see through what they're doing now, it's very, very clear. That's why I've intentionally told people over and over and over again, don't support this EV fad. If it's something you have as a, you know, a, an extra vehicle or you want to have it as a novelty item, that's one thing. But this entire concept that everybody's starting to switch their daily driver-only vehicles and only vehicles they have are full EV, it's going to bite everybody in the butt very, very soon. So just some ideas to look at. And by the way, you can research everything I said is completely factual on this topic. So don't send me emails and tell me, the electric vehicles are the new normal. You need to get past it, Austin and accept them. I had some person email me that a couple weeks ago. You, you don't need to be like that about EV. It's really good technology. You just need to accept it. Um, how about, no. How about you can take a diesel truck right now and throw a 100-gallon fuel cell in the back and a lot of the older ones that you could actually delete and have good fuel mileage. You can get 25, 30 miles per gallon out of a one-ton pickup truck and you can drive all the way cross-country on one fill-up if you got a big enough fill cell 
with an automatic regulator that refills your tank from the fuel cell in the bed, you're going to stop one time, but to fill up the entire thing. Oh, that's right. They don't want us being able to do that. They don't want people being able to travel freely, unmolested on your way. Because remember, always remember this. Every time you stop and charge your vehicle, it is going to be fully and 100% documented. It is also going to be registered, and they're going to ask you, oh, well, you've charged your vehicle five times this week. Um, you're putting too much stress on the control grid. We'll still charge your vehicle, uh, but understand, instead of $50 to charge your vehicle, you're going to have a surcharge tax. It's going to be $500 to charge your vehicle now, just to let you know that. And you go, well, I've, I've got to get where I'm going. That's right. You can get where you're going. You just put your credit card in and we'll basically charge it for you. Yeah, that is exactly where they're going. I've had numerous people that are in that industry tell me the electrical platforms that they are using are not going to be cheap like they think they are once they roll this platform out. It is going to get unbelievably cost costly to do exactly what they're telling everybody we need to do to save money. So just use your brain on that and do your own research. Also, too, in other news – Speaking of this entire topic, Bill Gates now spoke with the World Economic Forum yesterday for an aggressive implementation of carbon taxes. He goes on to say that basically we need to force countries to fundamentally alter their industrial sectors. Oh, yeah. He said the rich countries have to play a central role, both funding the RDN and having policies. In some cases, carbon taxes will need to be used to drive the demand for these clean products. Here you go. He continued, only by doing this in an aggressive manner will the economic cost be brought down enough where we can turn to all middle-income countries and say, okay, change your entire industry, change your entire steel industry. Everything has to change. The number of companies working on these things is exciting. He goes on to say, though, some of them will fail, and a lot of them will fail. We only need a reasonable number and a few dozen of them to make it through, and that's what we have to accelerate? Whoa, 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 whoa. Wait a minute. Hold up. Well, we're not just going to skip past that like he didn't just say what I think he said. Some of them will fail and a lot of them will fail. So what is he saying now? If they don't meet the demands and they don't meet the carbon tax guidelines, we're just going to shut down the country. We're going to turn a mildly, moderately prosperous industry into what Venezuela now, like they did very clearly. Venezuela has had the highest oil reserves in the ground of any country in the entire world. Yet they're one of the most impoverished countries in the entire world now because, well, the IMF got a hold of them. They started giving them big old loans they couldn't pay back, and Chavez started taking huge amounts of money they couldn't pay back. And by the way, his gold was on hold in London as collateral for those loans. It was funny when he asked to have his gold brought back down to Venezuela. He died from cancer not that long after that. Now, I'm not sitting here painting Chavez as like he was some great person. I'm not doing that at all. But what I'm saying is these bankers, when they get involved in this and they start taxing everybody into oblivion. By the way, if anybody hasn't already figured it out yet, we already have pretty much an unlimited amount of taxes. You get taxed on your taxes on your top of your taxes. And on top of that, you got to pay property taxes to pay for the school system so they can push their transgender ideology as I talked very clearly about yesterday. And on top of that, we're seeing now the schools are becoming still, still unbelievably brazen about this mask mandate. And I talked to somebody the other day, and this started to make sense. Now, I've been not been able to confirm 100%. This is what they told me, and I've been trying to research it, but it's very difficult to get an actual strong answer because the verbiage in a lot of these bills and states have been changed to make them very, very vague. There's another incident at North Penn School District now where there's photos that emerged of a child 
having their mask taped all over their face. Now, if you guys recall, this is not becoming an isolated incident at all. I wish it was. Sadly, we saw this incident happen in Colorado Springs just a few months ago. Another month or two ago, we saw this happen at Las Vegas School. This is happening repeatedly all around the country now with these absolutely insane, out-of-control, moronic teachers that have no business being in a classroom are taking duct tape, scotch tape, painter's tape, and they're putting it on the children's face and taping their mask to their face because the children can't breathe and they keep taking their mask down because it's so obtrusive, unhealthy, and dangerous for young children to deprive themselves from oxygen. Why is this becoming the new normal? Well, from what I was told the other day, and again, I cannot confirm this completely because of the verbiage that it's saying. When these giant bills got passed, these multi-trillion dollar COVID bills, remember, when you're talking about a trillion dollars, you're talking about a lot of money. That goes a long ways. And people go, oh, well, you know, it's, it's, it's a decent amount. No, trillion dollars, a thousand billions. Let's do the math here. You're talking about people that are worth two, three, four, five billion dollars. And I mean, that's like an insane amount of money for your net worth. I mean, insane amount. You're talking a trillion dollars. That moves a lot of mountains if you want to, figuratively. Well, from what I was told is that these school districts and a lot of these states, they have put bills in that basically when they got this COVID money, these millions and billions of dollars that have gone to the states and the state money trickled down basically to the county money and the school district money. Well, what happened was a lot of these school districts now had put into place, they don't say it verbatim, but they basically put into place if the schools actively have a full compliance rate with all CDC guidelines, these schools will be available to apply for additional COVID support funds. Meaning they did the same thing that Blue Cross Blue Shield did and making sure if they have a 100% vaccination rate in their pediatric school board, or excuse me, their pediatric um, business with all their children, the children have fully vaccinated, Red Blue Cross Blue Shield will give the doctor bonuses. This is a documented fact. We talked about it years ago when it came out. $20,000, $40,000, $60,000, $100,000 bonuses depending on how big their clinic is. Well, what apparently has happened, and again, I cannot confirm this 100%, but I'm telling you it makes a lot of sense now. These school boards are getting enormous amounts of COVID support grant money if they still keep implementing these gigantic, erroneous CDC guidelines, including the social distancing, including the mandated mask at all times all over the place. This would make sense on why these schools are acting so completely out of control, tyrannical still. This is why we got so much pushback in Polk County, and the schools would not listen for months until we finally all went down there and raised absolute H-E double sticks and said, no, the kids aren't wearing masks. We're here to give you our three minutes, but we're letting you know they're not wearing masks anymore, period. And about 30, 40 other parents were behind us at the same time and came up and spoke, and finally the school board's like, all right, we're about to have a rebellion on our hands here. And remember what I've told you before. One or two people get up in front of the school board, they're going to laugh at you. They're going to mock you. They're going to giggle. They're going to go, look at these people. They think they have a say. You start bringing in four and five and six times more people than are on the entire county school board, you start going, this is a little spooky. There's one sheriff officer in here. There's 50 unbelievably irate parents yelling at us, getting up here telling us how they're not going to wear masks anymore. Golly, guys, this this may start to get really, really raunchy if we don't actually listen to the parents that are paying for the school. Oh, yeah, by the way, like I brought up earlier, our property taxes pay their salaries. 
They pay for the schools. They pay for the buildings and curriculums and maintenance and upkeep. Don't ever you forget that when these school boards start belittling you and making you think that the parents don't have a right to what they say goes in the school. This is why so many individuals who have come out with this have gotten eviscerated, like the one guy that was running for governor in Virginia. He said, it's not the parent's responsibility, nor is it their job or right to dictate the child's curriculum or what goes on in the school. Oh, I beg to differ. I beg to differ with a lot of money that keeps going to your schools from where? Property taxes. We stop paying property taxes, you stop getting money. Then we got to fight with the city and the county and the state with having our houses taken from us. So we get put in a precarious situation. We're forced to pay for the school board. So you better remind them very clearly that we're paying for their salary. And if they're not listening to us, then they're not going to be there very long, and they will be removed. This is what everybody has to start remembering, and this is why I've gotten so irate with the transgender, perverted, completely sadistic ideology they're forcing in some of these super liberal cities like L.A. and New York and other cities. So again, remember, your voice makes a difference. All of our voices make huge change. We have to stand together in unison. When one thing needs to happen, we have to support one another and push back as hard as possible. Look what's been going on in England. We've seen people by the millions protesting in Parliament. You know how many times we saw that in the United States? One time. One time we saw it, and it wasn't even for the COVID restrictions. It was for a fraudulent election. And like Dad said earlier, they made sure real quick the FBI made a huge debacle out of it to the point that it made a full double-page color photo in Life magazine for the top 100 photos of all time for the, the, <laughs> the invasion, the battle, the insurrection of the Capitol building where not one single individual was found to be in possession of a firearm on federal grounds. Man, that was an absolutely horrific insurrection that was a botched fail if that's what was really going on. And obviously we know it was, and I'm being sarcastic. It was a protest to stand up for an elected republic. And again, they're showing us real quick. So the only way we stand up to this is we stop complying with the nonsense and stop going along with businesses, with organizations, with industries, with any small business. If they don't respect your right, you don't go to them. I talked to Lana yesterday. I told you about that issue with the vet, with our friend that we referred her to. And she dealt with a giant nightmare on the phone. You have to wear a mask at all times. We found another vet now. That basically we called up and they said, no, we're not going to make you wear a mask in here. This is a veterinary clinic. What are you talking about? Oh, well, guess what? You just got my business, buddy. I will be there shortly. That is how it works. If you want to elicit change, vote with your dollar, vote with your attitude, and vote with who you support. What do you think, Dan? Well, when we had our Christmas party this year, I told everybody it's a non-mask event. And if you've got a concealed weapon and you've got a permit, bring it. We carry it. I mean, that's all you could do. Uh, last year, when I had my 65th birthday party, a little over a year ago now, uh, you know, I told everybody it was a non-mask event. I sent this text out to everybody individually. This is over a year ago. I said this is a non-mask event. If you want to wear a mask, don't come. I had one of my friends from college. Uh, she and her husband were coming, and uh, she told me he was going to wear a mask. And I said, not at my party. He's not. Well, I'll ask him to leave. She goes, oh. I said, we're not going to put up with that. I said, I'm not going to do that. I said, this is not, this is not what we're going to do here. And I remember we had a, we had some people come in. They were basically, you know, working for us that night and, and they said, Oh, we don't have to wear a mask. And I said, no, you're not allowed to wear a mask. There is, this is a non-mask event. <laughs> I said, it's outside on the back 
porch. I said, why do you need to wear a mask? And they said, oh, this is really nice. And I said, thanks. And, you know, and that's the stand we've all got to take. When we went to the school board, the one that Austin was talking about, we went up there and we talked to these clowns. I'll never forget it. You know, we're standing outside, and they won't even let us in. They won't even let us in. And they're saying that we're only allowing X amount of people in per at a time. Well, they, they used the excuse COVID, and then they had to make you socially distanced. That wasn't why. They didn't want a mass of 100 people coming here and then raising HE double sixes, screaming at them at the same time. They wanted to maintain control. That's all that was. It had nothing to do with social distancing. It was a total lie. I mean, we asked one of the police officers there. I said, do we have to wear a mask in here? It was a sheriff. He goes, no. <laughs> I said, are you going to arrest us? No. Are you going to throw us out? He goes, no. It's public property. You do what you want to do. We want to do that in Polk County. I said, okay, great. And so then we had, once we got that, we realized we weren't going to be arrested. We thought, okay, because we weren't planning. We didn't have masks with us. We weren't even planning on doing this. And it was so funny. We walk in, and they want to, they want to basically, uh, you know, take a, you know, take a, you know, a temperature scan of us. And we said, no, no. We just walked past them. Well, you can't go in there. We went in and have me and Austin did. And then they kept calling people to speak who had been registered to speak and they were being locked outside. They weren't allowed to come in. A lot of them got fed up and left. Those stories happen here in Polk County. And Austin and I went up there and we, we raised campaign. I talked to him about Marxism, cultural, you know, you know, cultural Marxism, critical race theory. I talked about the Frankfurt School. I gave him an earful and I said, this is not okay. None of it's okay. And so Austin, Austin came up with a bunch of articles about how the masks don't work, don't work, don't work, don't work. And it didn't make any difference. You know, they weren't going to listen to us until more and more and more and more people came in and they still didn't get rid of the mask mandate they just put it on hold in case they had to bring it back at a later date it was so stupid but they did tell the kids they no longer had to wear masks that's what we were involved in and i told you guys repeatedly you know on the show get involved in your local school board and listen to me for a second friends you know i don't have any kids in the school all my kids were homeschooled or went to private school for a few years Austin's not going to have any kids in the public school it that, that's not the point of this the point is tyranny We've got to stand against it. We've got to make sure that they don't train the children as little peasant slaves. We've got to allow the children to breathe fresh air and not be subject to lung infections. And that's why we went down there, because we weren't going to be on the couch. We, we weren't going to be here at our homes, at the office, doing the Ted Nelson Brower show every day and not being vocal from a standpoint of, hey, this needs to change. We did the same thing at the city meeting, in the county meeting, when they started putting all of these homes into the area that we didn't need with storage units that we didn't need. But then we learned something very quickly. If State Street, Black Rock, and Vanguard want a subdivision or a group of homes to go in, and they have, how should I say, influenced the people in the area who are voting for it, like the planning commission or the city commissioners, to vote their way, whether it be through I'm speculating, this is not a statement of fact, whether it be through Masonic Lodge intervention, secret society intervention, banking intervention, campaign contribution intervention, or whatever it might be. I was told by a former county commissioner, if this group of people want to have this done, there's nothing you could do to stop it. Even if you brought in the entire population of Polk County at half a million people and had them come in and speak, it would not stop them from voting for these folks. And I, I thought the guy was joking. I, did, I, did, I said, no way. We can make we can fix this. He was right. He was right. We didn't get it fixed. They still are putting the mini warehouses in right across their street. You know, with all the crime that comes along and all the drug traffic that comes along with mini warehouses. Oh, yeah. They're coming in right across the street, and we, 
we could not stop it. And finally, Austin, I said to the city commission, why are you not listening to us? And the guy had no response. Told Austin to calm down and wouldn't answer him. Wouldn't answer him because the, the decision had been made long before that meeting took place. But guys, listen to me. Dave Hodges is a good friend, and he wrote an article the other day, and he basically said that all of these incumbents need to go away, both Democratic and Republican. They all need to go away. Everybody needs to get voted out. All the incumbents need to go, and we need to start with a fresh slate in Washington. And then a lot of the appointed officials that are in, like Fauci and these other people, these high-level administration positions, they all need to be terminated. And, you know, well, they're going to file a lawsuit on the federal government for uncollected wages. Okay, let them do that. It doesn't matter. Pay them their wages and get them out of power and get them out of a position of authority where they can dictate these rules to the rest of us. This COVID cult is coming apart. It is. This this COVID death cult, I guess you could call it. You know, there's this run by the this, the sex death cult that runs the planet. There's a really good article by C.J. Hopkins. He wrote this. I'm going to read you part of it. And it says, the last days of the COVIDian cult. Because this isn't going to be pretty, folks. The downfall of a death cult rarely is. There's going to be wailing and gnashing of teeth and incoherent, fanatical jabbering and babbling and mass deleting of embarrassing tweets. There's going to be a ver- veritable tsunami of desperate, rationalizing, strenuous, denying, shameless, blame-shifting, other forms of <laughs> bottom-covering as suddenly former Covidian cult members make a last-minute break for the jungle before the fully vaxxed and boosted safe and effective Kool-Aid servers get to them. <laughs> In other words, these people, if they're not careful, the people that are taking these shots who now have impaired immune systems, who are now being diagnosed, let me tell you this, with AIDS. Uh, Terry, a good friend of mine, who's a lawyer here in Tallahassee, she sent me a text today that one of her friends has a friend who basically went in who's not been sexually active for five years, has never been diagnosed with AIDS, now has been injected, now she has been diagnosed with HIV. Oh, yeah, I kid you not. Remember, there's an HIV component to this mess, HIV strand inside of this this this, this kill shot, inside of this bioweapon. Oh, yeah, all of that. And so now people are being diagnosed with AIDS as their immune systems continue to degrade, and now they're being told they're going to have to have more and more and more shots every 30 days in order just to stay healthy and not die from something else. That's where this is headed. So once – these people that have been injected with this finally wake up, which some of them never will. They won't. But once the ones who wake up do, they're going to start looking for these guys. <laughs> like I said, <laughs> so they're going to be running to the jungle. But he goes on to say, yes, that's right. I'm sure you've noticed the official care COVID narrative is finally falling apart or is being hastily disassembled or hysterically revised right before our eyes. The experts and authorities are finally acknowledging that the COVID deaths and hospitalization statistics are artificially inflated and totally unreliable, which they have been from the very beginning. He goes, I'm not going to bother you with further citations. You can surf the Internet as well as I can. The point is the apocalyptic pandemic PSYOP has reached its expiration date after almost two years of mass hysteria over a virus that causes mild to moderate common cold or flu-like symptoms or absolutely no symptoms whatsoever, and about 95% of the infected and the overall infected mortality rate has been approximately 0.1% to 0.5% of people whose nerves are shot. And primarily the people who are dying are the ones that have comorbidities or extremely obese. Remember what Klaus Schwab, ah, the bank of Switzerland said, the pandemic, 
pandemic represents a rare but narrow window of opportunity to reflect and reimagine and to reset our world. You know, let me say something to you, Klaus Schwab. I'm sure you were one of your cronies are listening to this show. You, you, I'm just going to say it. You suck. I can't stand you. You are absolutely awful. And, and, and you think that your weirdo personality and your weirdo life and your weirdo clothes and this weirdo stuff that you do, that any of us are going to support you. You're, you're a Kabbalist, low-life piece of garbage is all you are. And I stand against you by the Most High God. And I will not sit here and comply with your stupidity. If you want to do this to everybody, you can do it, but it's going to be against our dead bodies. I know you think, well, that's okay. It'll be against your dead, dead bodies. Well, that's it. That's my resolve. I've had enough of it. I will not allow you to turn me into a peasant or to enslave me or to send me to a concentration camp. It ain't going to happen. I'm not going to a re-education camp. I'm not. I serve the most high God, and his name is called Jesus. Does that make you cringe, Klaus Schwab? Does that make you get all upset? He is the Lamb of God, Schwab. He's the Prince of Peace. He's the counselor, the good shepherd. He's our savior. He's our redeemer. He's our deliverer. And he set up the second great reset after the flood. And you're not going to undo it, you piece of garbage. We're not going to allow you to. Other generations down the road may comply with your stupid draconian wishes, but we're not going to. I've had it with you weirdos. Bunch of Kabbalist weirdos is all you are. Anyhow, I'm going to go back to this article. Again, it, it goes, it isn't over, but the window is closing and our world has become reimagined and reset, but not irrevocably, not just yet. That's right. Guys, listen to me. We don't have to comply with unjust edicts. We don't. We don't have to pretend like they control us. They don't. They have no authority over us. We answer to the Most High God, the Son of God, who is the resurrection of life, who is the King of Kings. He is our God, and we submit only to him. We don't have to put up with this crazy, Kabbalist, Luciferian, Canaanite religion rhetoric. We have not bowed our knee to Baal. We have not sold our souls to the devil, and we are not going to comply with this new world order. If that means they... Take us out? Oh, well, in the first century, they sure took out a lot of Christians, too, didn't they? But we didn't stop. We kept going. It doesn't make any difference. They can't do it to you unless you allow them to do it to you. That's why they're so desperate to take your children and turn them into trannies, to turn your children into little queers, to turn your children into little peasants. That's why they're coming into the school systems and teaching all of this filth because they know. As for me and my house, I'm going to serve the Lord. And the people my age who were raised right and raised Christianity with Jesus in the center of their life, we ain't going to comply. They know that. That's why they're so after the white people and they've had enough of whites. That's why they're after us, because they don't want us to have an influence any longer. That's why they want to kill the white people, kill the influence we have, kill Christianity, kill Protestantism, kill Catholics. That's why they infiltrated our churches and our cathedrals with Masonic lackeys back in the 30s and 40s and 50s. That's why they tried to push all of the narratives they did through Hollywood to the Kabbalist cult. That's why they pushed the Schofield Bible. This has been a 200-year plan by the highest levels of the Masonic lodges to rebuild the third temple in Israel. And we know you people are doing it it's not like we're pretending like we don't know we know you are and we are calling you out for it so you're gonna have a tough time it's like japan said you really gonna invade the united states i'm paraphrasing you got a guy behind every blade of grass carrying a weapon 
Are you really going to do that? Are you really going to come in and take our guns away? Good luck is all I can say. There's too many patriots in the United States that are so mad about what happened on January the 6th, and they're so mad about what happened with this last election, and they're so mad that we've got the hoe and the senile one in the White House that we've all had enough, and we no longer want to be nice about it. That's why I want you guys to get as vocal as you possibly can. Like I told you the other day, we are in the drugstore looking at Life magazine, commenting out loud, in line with a bunch of people. The guy behind us is about to blow a blood vessel. He's about to pop a top because he's so angry, but he won't say anything to us because we're being vocal, and he doesn't like it because we're expressing our First Amendment rights that we have in the United States that was bought with blood, the blood of the patriots, the blood of the saints, and the blood of Jesus. Guys, listen to me. Our life is but for a moment. Shoot, a couple years, I'll be 70 years old. Four years, I'll be 70. You know, it's, it's gone by so fast. The only thing that matters and the only thing that's going to last is what we do for Jesus. Stand your ground. And remember, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. I love you guys. Finish it up, Boston. Absolutely. And he's spot on with what he just said. And this is what I continue to say. Your rights don't exist if you don't exercise them. You can pretend you have some bill of rights on your wall that you look at and you basically say, that's a really nice bill of rights. But if you don't enforce them, if you don't exercise them, if you don't maintain them, if you don't demand the respected, they're no longer your rights. They're just a piece of paper. That's all they are. That's why I encourage people. Again, the First Amendment is so important. This is why they've been slowly eroding it. They couldn't figure out how to do it from a true erosion standpoint because most people would say well that's violating my second amendment that's violating my first amendment you can't take this you can't say that you can't do this from me it's mine well what they've done now is they've taken the guise of political correctness and this is why if you guys know me i can't stand the political correct agenda that they've using political correctness now as a muzzle for the first amendment by now saying you can't talk about anything you believe you can't talk about your convictions. You can't talk about your strongly held religious belief because if you do, well, you're hurting somebody's feelings. And when you hurt somebody's feelings, that's a hate crime now. No, it's not. It's not a hate crime. Who's the victim? The victim is somebody that got their hurt and feelings hurt. I, I don't remember any laws that were passed. I don't remember anything in the Constitution that talks about we're here to protect people's feelings so they don't have to go in the corner and get their Play-Doh box again because they're upset that somebody said something they don't like. The entire premise of the United States and what it's built on is being able to speak freely at any time you want about any topic you want and express it as much as you want. Very clear on that. There's no asterisk at the bottom. Well, the First Amendment only applies as long as it doesn't hurt anybody's feelings. You know, end note. Oh, by set two asterisks. And if you hurt somebody's feelings, uh, then you can't do any more exercise of your First Amendment because now you're you're doing hate to them. Better not. There's nothing about that at all. There's nothing even remotely implied about it. So again, remember where you stand and remember your rights. And again, you saw what they did in England. That should have already been done here in the United States. And we're past that. And there is going to be some serious wailing and gnashing of teeth, like Dad said, when people really figure out what's happening because it's unraveling all over the place. Once people now are starting to realize, even people that are fully shot up and injected with this garbage, once people are realizing that even though they got shot after shot after shot after shot, that it still doesn't matter, it still doesn't work, they're still getting sick, they're still going to the hospital, they're still repeatedly having all these health problems, when they thought they're shot, 
was their savior. They thought their shot was their redeemer and their saving grace. I'm not going to get anybody mad about that, but I'm just throwing that out there. Everybody wanted to put their trust in an RNA experimental injection instead of putting their trust in God and in their trust in how their body was made and their trust on having an immune system that God built and having the nutrients and, nu- and basically open ideas about being able to keep your body healthy through vitamin C, through D3, through zinc, through quercetin. Keep in mind what you can really do. If you guys need anything on that or even just need advice, and you know, in, go on the website. We've got tons of information on there for free, articles, videos, everything on the website all the time if you, if you don't want to buy anything. But thank you for supporting us, and thank you for at least getting the articles out there, getting the show out there so we can get more truth. I was excited. I got multiple pallets of purple sticks in yesterday. I have them back on the website, three-pack specials, case lot specials on the website right now. For a limited time, they gave me a big batch. I don't know how long it's going to last, though, to be honest with you. These things burn so fast. Last time, it's just every time I turn around, there were cases going out the door to all of our good customers. So, again, if you need anything on the website, if you need anything, give us a call, 1-800-726-1834. Keep up the fight, my friends. Keep your head held high. And remember, you have the right to be an American, and you have the right to speak freely. And you also have the right to say no about anything you don't want to have done to you. Always remember that. You guys have a blessed, safe, awesome night. I'll talk to you again tomorrow as always. Broadcasting to the U.S. and around the world by way of clear digital audio, 22,500 miles above the planet. This is the Global Star Radio Network.